0: is up you guys i cannot believe this is actually happening welcome to the very first episode of girl under you with your host maddie fucking drosbeck baby oh my god i've literally been talking about starting a podcast for over a year now um nobody thought that we would ever make it this far (laughs) but here we are we're kicking it off, solo episode. So as I've said, this podcast is called Girl Under You. I was sort of inspired to want to start this because, um, I, I mean, the big reason why I wanted to start a podcast is because I have this problem where I cannot shut the fuck up ever. Um, so it, it just, you know, it's nice for me to have an outlet <laughs> where I can just talk to myself for a couple you know, we're like 45 minutes and then call it a day. And then maybe everyone in my personal life will be able to like breathe and, you know, have their own personal thoughts (laughs) for once. Um, But beyond that, I'm a very passionate person. I get fired up about a lot of things. I've got lots of opinions. I think it would be pretty hard for you to find a topic that I'm opinionless on. I feel like I'm just, I'm one of those people that has a lot of things to say. And you know, was excited for you to hear about them. (laughs) So here we are. Um, A lot of those things typically do have to do with sex and body image and being a woman and sort of whatever, you know, whatever the thing is happening in my life. I've been living in New York for close to five years now. Um, So listen, a bitch knows quite a bit about the New York dating scene and I've got some words Got one or two words that I'd like to say about it. (laughs) Um, Not only that, but I'm someone who's uh, really struggled with body image throughout my life. And I feel like my body image and sort of in collaboration with my experience as a sexual woman has sort of informed a lot of my more fiery opinions. And it's sort of, it's what motivates my art. It's what inspires me. I just feel very like motivated by body image and sex because of the experiences that I've had in this lifetime. So, like I said, I've been living in New York for four and a half, almost five years. I just graduated from college in May. Thank you so much. I'll accept congratulations in the form of anything, really. You know, I just want attention. Um, So I graduated college in May. I have a full-time job now. I'm living that adult life. Or at least I'm trying to. But for my senior year of college, I graduated with a BA in digital media and video production. So for my, like, final college project, we had to create a short film. And my short film is called Aphrodisia. If you follow me and keep up with me, uh, you've heard so much about this project. And you're probably just dying for me to shut up and move on. (laughs) But for those of you that don't know what Aphrodisia is, basically... Um, it follows the story of this young woman who's empowered by casual sex, and with every person she sleeps with, there is a tattoo that appears on both her body and the man's body as sort of a permanent public body count. Um, these tattoos are something that the men are able to immediately wipe off, and my main character has to sort of search for a way to erase them so that she can exist the same way a sexually empowered man would. So, obviously body count and sort of the differences in how we treat sexually empowered men and women is something that I feel particularly strong about I'm sure you can guess how I feel about it what the fuck my opinion is um but yeah body count has been at the forefront of my brain for a couple years now um my hot take now that we're just jumping right in here uh it absolutely doesn't fuck matter why the fuck would it I can't even fathom why someone would care how many people someone has slept with. Um, I mean, someone's sexual history is truly none of your business. I mean, anything that happened beyond the time frame that you two are Together, hooking up, whatever. It shouldn't really be of any importance. Like, have you been tested? Are we all good on that front? Then fine. I don't give a fuck. You could have slept with two people before me. You could have slept with 200 people before me. And it's not gonna change anything about the way that I feel about you. It's hard for me to imagine a person that actually gives a fuck about that shit because I am so beyond the point of caring. Like, it's one of those things, like, I feel like I feel this way a lot like, Trump supporters and shit. I feel like I don't even want to say that word out loud. (laughs) But, like, it almost feels like a mythical creature to me because I don't think that way. I'm not surrounded by people that think that way. Like, living in New York City, I feel like, you know, there's a very specific type of person that lives here. And, you know, I'm surrounded by like-minded people. Sometimes it feels, like, I don't know, crazy. Like, I'll see people on Twitter tweet insane things about women and their sexuality and body image, whatever. I'm like, you're real? You exist. This isn't fake. Like, you're a real person. My thing is, like, as long as you are transparent about the things that I need to know as someone who's dating you or hooking up with you, the rest of that shit doesn't really matter to me. Um, the So, the summer before I wrote Aphrodisia, I was seeing this guy. And I say that very loosely. <laughs> we weren't dating. We weren't hooking up yet. We were talking, flirting, I don't know. I should have known from the jump that this guy was bad fucking news. I am a dumbass. Um, And it's not even that I was dickmatized because we hadn't hooked up yet. Um, But he... He wore a headband. (laughs) And, um... I have... A few weaknesses in this life um one of which is bald dudes um and the other one is dudes with so much hair they have to wear headbands or just choose to wear headbands nobody has to wear headbands but (laughs) this guy who wore headbands okay sue me okay i like fucking weirdos And I just thought that he was interesting. Also worth noting that he was an Instagram comedian. So yes, I did hit rock bottom that summer. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. I've Things have gotten better for me <laughs> since then. Um, so we started talking, slowly started hooking up. We weren't fucking as you'll, you know, let let me just tell you this fucking story. So, but we would come o- he would come over. We would make out, maybe we'd, you know, do oral, whatever. But we never would fuck. So it was summer 2018, I guess, because it was right before I started writing it. So he comes over one day and things are heating up. Things are getting pretty fucking steamy. I'm thinking we're about to fuck. And he looks at me and he asks me what my body count is. Now, should you ask someone this question? It's the age-old debate we've got going here. Um, I wouldn't, because I don't care to know the answer. Um, Because knowing it changes nothing for me. If you say anything, I'm going to have no reaction, because I don't care. But do I care when someone asks me? Eh, no. I've been asked this question by multiple people that I've gone out with that I've fucked um and most of the time it's it it comes from a place of curiosity i think they just want to sort of know like how experienced you are um and how they should adjust knowing that i don't think it's necessary but some people are just you know curiosity killed the cat they want to fucking know i don't think that that's the worst thing i would suggest not asking somebody because i don't think i don't think it, it matters but if you asked I wouldn't be like, oh, fuck this guy. I've got to get away from him now. Because I understand that some people just, you know, they just want to know. So, usually when people ask me, I just say it because I'm not ashamed of said number. And B, I don't assume that anyone is a bad person. I assume the best of everyone. I assume that, oh, you're just curious. You're not, you know, going to try to shame the fuck out of me for whatever I say to you. I just don't. This is one of my flaws. (laughs) But so then, so when he asks me, I just tell him. And right after I told him, I knew that it was a problem. He was upset by it. And we were going to have to have a nice, fun conversation. So at this point, I know that we're not hooking up. It sort of completely de-escalates. He's just laying beside me looking actually fucking distraught. (laughs) So I'm like, okay, like, what's up? do you want to talk about it? I don't like (laughs) what's going on. So then he says to me that he was feeling some type of way because he had only fucked two people before. And my number was higher than his. But let me just say that at the time, my number was less than 10. So It's not like I looked at this kid and was like, oh, I fucked 150 people and he was having some sort of reaction out of shock. Even then, I think it would be ridiculous. Like it shouldn't matter what number I say, but just for anyone out there that's thinking that maybe I said something insane for someone maybe a little bit, you know, not as liberal and out there as I am, they might actually be shocked by that. It was less than 10. That shouldn't really be a big deal to anybody in my humble fucking opinion. So I tell him his number the dude is he's bugging he's absolutely fucking bugging (laughs) and he's like ah god I just I've only ever been with two people and like this is just weird I don't know like you've been with that many guys like I just it makes me feel a little weird he's like I'm always more experienced than the people that I've been with because not only have I only fucked two people but those two girls were both virgins And he was additionally insecure about the fact that I was not a virgin and that he couldn't teach me anything. That was exactly what he said. He said that he wanted sex to be like such a like learning experience for the person that he's with. And I was like, is it just that you want to be dominant? Like, that's not an issue to me. Like, we can do that if that's your thing, homeboy. Like, I don't know. You just want. I don't know. I don't know what's going on here. And um, it, it wasn't that. It was just that he he wanted to fuck virgins. And I don't know where he got off thinking that I was going to be that bitch. But he thought that maybe that could have been the case. I don't know. Okay. So this was an example of somebody who they had a smaller body count than I. And, you know, he felt emasculated. And he's just, you know, he was fragile. He's a very insecure man. So needless to say, uh, we never had sex. Thank God. And that was the last day I saw him and spoke to him. And um, that was it. That was actually that. (laughs) That was the conclusion of that whatever the fuck it was. Situationship. That was probably the most dramatic example of when it was brought up. And somebody was like so bothered by it. We had to like cut the whole thing but I've also been with people who they'll ask and I'll tell them and they don't get mad but they have some level of a reaction where they're like oh so you're that type of girl and then you come to find out that their body count is exactly the same if not even higher than yours but nobody would ever look at them and be like oh so you're that type of guy Because no one polices men's bodies or their sexuality like that. They just don't. So, (laughs) that's where I started to get fired the fuck up. Because as I got older and as I sort of grew into my body and figured out that I am someone who is empowered by sexuality, this became something that was, you know, it's just going to be a constant conversation that comes up for me, which is irritating as fuck, but... Being someone who is empowered by being sexual, um, you get misunderstood a lot and branded as several different kinds of people. So backstory, right? I have struggled with my body image my whole entire life. I still do. Um, It is something that I will struggle with my entire life, and I'm sure we'll get into it in other episodes. But growing up, When I figured out that embracing my sexuality as a woman made me feel empowered and confident, it changed everything for me. Like, absolutely everything. It was my first taste of confidence. It was my first, like, opportunity to actually enjoy my body and feel comfortable in my skin. I... I used to be a hip hop dance teacher and I would choreograph routines. We'd go to competitions with them. And my choreography was always very sexual. And this was sort of how I first started figuring out that, oh shit, this makes me feel fucking good. And figuring that out, sort of, it changed the way I carry myself, the way I dress, the type of person that I am. It totally, it gave me a space to feel good for me and I feel like that's the part where a lot of people get tripped up and they start to be like oh well I don't get this so people don't seem to grasp that, like you can be sexual and celebrate your sexuality and have it be totally and completely for you I don't dress this way I don't act the way that I do I don't present myself like this for anyone I do it for myself because it makes me feel confident. Even when I was dancing, you know, a dance is a performance, whatever. But even then, it's not for you. I'm doing it because it makes me feel alive and it makes me feel good about myself. That's it. It's not deeper than that for me. But people will often look at women who, you know, dress sexually that act maybe a similar way that I do and they think that you're doing it for someone (laughs) and it's just not the case um and I think that more women feel the way that I do than you would think I feel like more people are empowered by their sexuality and for like letting their bodies exist the way that they are and finding power in that than like people who are like afraid to have any sort of sexual energy to them. I think that a lot of people feel the way that I do. I don't think that I'm unique in this feeling, but I do think that because of sort of the society that we live in, a lot of women feel afraid to express that this is the way that they feel. And um, and I understand that it's like a very specific sort of environment that allows you to feel that and to explore that. But I encourage you guys to. Like if that's something that you feel inspired by, but you haven't felt like you've had the space to like be sexually liberated and to explore that part of you, like try to make space for yourself. I think it's hard when you're younger, but as you get older and if that's something you want to explore, I think that it's absolutely fucking worth exploring and it's hard Because everyone wants to police women's sexuality and tell us, like, how we should be acting and what makes us feel good and, like, you know, our place in the whole, like, scheme of sexuality. But, um, at the end of the day, you have to do what you're empowered by and what makes you feel good. And if that is, you know, being more modest, if you're empowered by that, dude, power to you. That's fucking incredible. I think that, like, I just feel like everyone needs to find what empowers them, do that shit, and then mind your fucking business. So the two main things that I feel like I hear people say a lot about body count are, you know, they'll hear you talk about. So I think the two of the main things that I hear often about, you know, being a sexually empowered woman, um, not even really in the context of body count because you hear people say this shit about people that just post sexy photos on Instagram But you hear the first thing that people say is that, oh, you're easy. You're a whore. Sex with you is going to be somehow less enjoyable or less fun because of this fact. And the other thing that people will say is that you've become less valuable. You know, who wants to be with someone that everyone has? Which is probably my least favorite fucking statement and reaction to this topic because... First of all, why are you thinking about anyone else? Straight up, if you are with someone who talks about other people's bodies like that and their humanity, as if my brain cannot even begin to fathom the type of person you would have to be to talk about someone like that. That is so disgusting to me why would you want to be with someone that everyone else has i am not something to be bartered with and sold um i have no requirement obligation to be yours and only yours to make sure that only a certain number of people get to experience me in that way so that you can feel more comfortable That is not my fucking job to like protect your masculinity and how you feel. Um, I don't give a fuck. (laughs) I just don't. And I think it's insane because you hear people say like, who would want to be with someone that everyone else has all the time, all the time. And it's crazy to me that anyone else would think that. Because why are you even thinking? Why are you even thinking about me outside of the context of us worry about me and you you dumb fuck like why does it matter who i've been with in the past who xyz thinks of me like it doesn't none of this matters and if you are worried about all of this other shit instead of just enjoying me and whatever the fuck we have going on with each other dude how insecure does it get that to me is just like screaming red flags get away like leave leave this person (laughs) and if you are someone that says shit like that think about it reflect figure your shit out because it's next level fucking insane nobody owes you anything your sexuality and who you fuck all that, that's up to you and no one else. And really, none of us should be trying to police how anyone else lives their life. Who I fuck and how many people I fuck should not matter to you. I just want to exist in this body and feel comfortable expressing my sexuality um, and having nobody think that I'm doing it for them that... I owe them something that I that I have to maintain any sort of fucking image in regards to my sexuality. Like, fuck off. <laughs> I can do whatever I fucking want. And I think that people get so riled up about this shit because they cannot even fathom that women have sex for fun. Not for them, but just because they fucking enjoy it. Sex to me, I'm not someone who has ever felt like sex had to be super fucking special. I was never waiting for anybody. I had sex for the first time when I was 18. It was a month before I turned 19. I was in college. Um, and I had sex with a guy that I met on Tinder uh, the second... I, after our second date, it was like literally we went on two dates, two days in a row. I met him on a Friday, went on a date that Friday, went on another date Saturday. I fucked him Sunday morning, but also like we I slept over. So it's like the same thing, right? <laughs> so sex to me has never been like, oh, I've got to wait for the perfect person. It's going to be like sparks fly and so magical. Like there are many different kinds of sex. And you can have really romantic, magical, amazing sex. Um, But there are lots of other different kinds of amazing sex. And who the fuck am I to deny myself of this pleasure? (laughs) So I think there's sort of a spectrum of people here. I think there's, you know, there's the people that view sex as something that's so sacred and so whatever. And that's fine. You can believe that. Just don't project it onto me. And then there's also people that view sex on the other end of the spectrum as being, like, super transactional. I am somewhere in the middle of those two. Where I've definitely had sex that was super meaningful. I've definitely had sex that was super transactional. Where someone literally, like, walks into your apartment, you barely say a word to each other, you immediately fuck, and then they don't hang out afterwards. They leave immediately. I've done that, too. Where I normally sit, though, and what I like doing, is, like, I... I love doing friends with benefits. I love, like, actually caring about the people that I'm with. Um, Just not, you know, I don't feel like every person that I'm with has to be the fucking love of my life. But every single person that I hook up with, I care about on some level. You know, they're friends of mine. They're people that maybe we weren't friends at the start, but through fucking we became friends. Because I don't treat people like a number to me i treat them like they're people and we have fun when we're together and that's it it's all about just like having a fucking good time to me um when i go on these dating apps and stuff it's weird because i feel like whenever i go on a dating app like uh, the question you get all the time is like what are you looking for and i actually despise that question so much because i don't go on these apps with like a mission. I don't go after people like, oh, I'm gonna make you my boyfriend. Like, I'm not the type of person that's gonna, like, it just feels like setting yourself up for failure to some level. Like, if you go on those apps determined to get a boyfriend, you're either gonna leave very sad or you're gonna end up with someone that you don't actually fucking like. And maybe in the moment you convince yourself that you do, but then like two weeks later you're like, oh, fuck. Like, we don't actually get on because it takes a while to get to know someone and figure out if you're compatible. And like, if you go into the first date and it goes well and you're like, oh my God, I love him. I want him to be my boyfriend. Like, you're going to get your feelings hurt because you don't know that person. (laughs) Um, And I think that's what a lot of people do. I hate when people ask me that question because my immediate response is always like, dude, I don't even know if I like you as a person. Never mind if I want to pursue anything with you. I go on these dating apps to see what's out there. Maybe we end up dating. Maybe we end up doing friends with benefits. Maybe we go on one bad date and I decide you're a fucking moron. Like I I meet people. I see what the vibe is. I see sort of like what the, the chemistry is like. And then we go from there. I don't, there's no boxes that I put people in. I'm not here to like find the love of my life. I'm here to have a good fucking time. But yeah, I mean, it, it's what works for me. I've had a lot of really awesome short and long-term friends with benefits type situations with people. And so in conclusion, um, ladies, fuck who you want to fuck. Do not be worried about any type of body count and who has to say what about whatever the fuck number it is. Because guess what? If there is a guy out there that is worth your time, that is genuinely the man that you think he is and that you deserve He's not going to give a fuck. And if he does, he's an insecure little bitch. Tell him to get back under the goddamn troll bridge that he crawled out of. The end. That's the end of my rant on body count, baby. Fuck who you want to fuck. Get tested. Use condoms. Be on birth control. And have fun, please. For the love of God, have fun. (laughs) Moving on. Um... Like I've said, like I've mentioned before, I have lived in New York for four and a half years, going on five, blah, blah, blah. I've been on dating apps for like a lot of years. And I think that I am informed enough to make a list of the five rites of passage to dating in New York City. And you know, I'm sure there's many more, but these were the first five that I sort of thought of and that I think about frequently in this life. (laughs) So if you date a lot in New York and you're sort of, you know, you're in the scene, you get it, maybe you've done all of these things. And if you think that there's something that I missed, please let me know because I want this list to be as perfect as possible. Really, it's important to me. This research is very serious. So the first rite of passage to dating in New York City is that you go on a bad date on Stone Street, If you're not from New York, you don't know what Stone Street is. Basically, it's um, this street in the financial district. In the summer, there's, like, tables all throughout the street. There's games. It's just, like, a bunch of restaurants on either side. And then the street, you know, cars don't drive down it. It's, like, a bunch of tables and shit. Poppin'. Lots of great restaurants and bars. A really great date spot. However... (laughs) you have to go on a bad date on Stone Street. You don't go to Stone Street to fall in love, okay? It's just, it's not gonna happen for you. I, being the brave bitch that I am, have gone on a bad date on Stone Street. It actually happened this last summer. So, you know, I've recently checked this one off, but I had gone out with this guy, And I went on a date with him like two days after I went on a really great date. And I was kind of more interested in the other guy from the jump. Even like through text, he was more interesting. So I was sort of feeling like I didn't even want to go on the date. So maybe this was sort of like a self-fulfilling prophecy, but it still happened. (laughs) So I go on this date and this dude had to be the most bland motherfucker that I had ever met. (laughs) He had not one, not one bitch, not one interesting thing about him. I don't know where this dude came from or why he he was even interested in me. Like he was so bland that as I was talking, I I almost felt like I was a fucking freak. To some level I am, but, like, I'm talking about how I like horror movies and I make short films or whatever. And I'm talking, and, like, I feel like when you're a creative, you have a very specific way of talking about the things that you're passionate about. Maybe you get fired up. This dude has never been passionate about anything in his life. Like, he's looking at me like I am a crazy bitch. And I'm like, oh, my God, what is going on? But, like, he couldn't even fathom that I liked horror movies and was inspired by gore. He's like, oh, so you're a murderer. And I was like, okay, um, nope <laughs> he was just, it was miserable. It was so bad, you guys. He, I should have known, right? He was boring through text. I should have known that he was going to be boring in person. But I give everyone the benefit of the doubt with everything. I give everyone a chance. I i have many flaws. I have many flaws. This is just one of them. Um, and he he lived in the financial district, too. So really, I should have known Um. that he was going to be boring as fuck because if you go out of your way to live in the financial district, that should, that should speak volumes. If you go out of your way to live in the financial district and you're not like a Pace university student or like, that's it. That's it. (laughs) I had, you know, I had some friends live in the financial district because they went to Pace. So that doesn't really count. I feel like if you are just like willingly, you know, you choose the financial district as your home and you're like, this is the best, like something's wrong. (laughs) and I should have known that. But I survived. Uh, we left the date. I got some free drinks out of it. Um, he definitely thought that I was going to kiss him. And then I didn't. I just sort of like ran out and got an Uber. And then he texted me being like, I had such a great time. I'd love to go on another date. And I was like, <laughs> I definitely didn't respond. Because <laughs> I'm a piece of shit. But also my hot take on that is that like you don't actually need to respond to people that you've gone on one date with think beyond that you should like don't ghost people but like going on one date and then not responding isn't ghosting to me ghosting is when like you have like you owe them something and you still leave that's ghosting anyways not to like defend myself or anything (laughs) number two here moving on you get ghosted by a musician or film major from nyu this is a must bitch like i've gone out with so many different guys from nyu they're all either musicians or film majors um and they've all fucked me up in different ways um truly none of them have left me completely you know just fine just existing having a good time i don't have any statistics to back this one up but you can ask anyone Have you been ghosted by some dude that plays bass and it goes to NYU? Oh, you have? Me too, bitch. Or maybe you're, you know, you've been ghosted by some guy that like fucking loves Quentin Tarantino. That's it. I have nothing else to say about that. (laughs) Uh, The third one is that you've spent 45 minutes on a train into Brooklyn for subpar dick. Admit it, bitch. You've done it. And the best part about this one is that even if you live in Brooklyn, you've still done this shit. Because if you live on the lower half of brooklyn getting to the <laughs> the north fucking half of brooklyn yeah you're going into manhattan and then back out into brooklyn because the trains are structured so fucking ridiculously that they don't connect so that's the beauty of it all right how many dudes have i fucked in bushwick and it wasn't that good and i waited on a 45 minute train so many so many it's disgusting it's absolutely fucking disgusting it's absolutely ridiculous <laughs> Oi. Number 4. Someone asks you if you listen to Tame Impala immediately after sex. Again, I don't have any fucking statistics to back this one up. I just know that the after sex conversation where we're sitting there like chilling, talking a little bit about what we're interested in, what we're doing this weekend, whatever. I've had multiple dudes in that span of time ask me if I if I listen to Tame Impala. I yes, they all lived in Brooklyn. Yes, most of them lived in Bushwick. <laughs> I let's start keeping track of this. If this is happening to you, please send me an email straight to my business email. Um, I'm I'm collecting data for this. Please, this is important research. Please participate. And the number five, number five, the fifth rite of passage for dating in new york city is that you have touched a dick in central park bitch i know the fuck you have this feels universal to me i've i've you know i'll be straight up the first dick i ever touched was in central park i'm just gonna put it out there the first dick that my hand ever laid a fucking finger on in Central Park. Middle of the night. I should be dead by now. I should have been murdered. I don't know why my friends let me do this. Maybe we just didn't know each other well enough at that point. So they were like, oh, this like weird girl that I room with the like, college. Yay. Like, I don't know what she's doing. I'm not going to tell her to do anything. <laughs> I met this guy on Tinder. And um, this is the first guy I ever went on a Tinder date with too. Literally, what the fuck is wrong with me? <laughs> so... He like worked somewhere on the Upper East Side and I lived in Midtown East at the time and he got off work at like 10 and I didn't have a fake ID. We should have gone to a fucking restaurant, but at the time it was like, okay, so we can't go out anywhere. We can't go get drinks. Like, what are we going to do? Take a walk through Central Park at fucking 10 p.m. The death that I should have encountered that night. (laughs) But that was what we decided to do. He could have came back to my dorm Um, But my roommates didn't want him there or something. I don't know. I honestly kind of forget at the time. I just know that he couldn't come back to the dorm for whatever reason. So walking through Central Park was the only logical option. So we go on this walk through Central Park. And, I mean, it's a rule that, like, nothing good happens after 10, period. If you're going to hang out with someone and the start point of that is 10 p.m. onwards, you're fucking. And if you think otherwise, you are... You're joking yourself, hardcore bitch. You are Ashton Kutcher punking yourself. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> like, so we go. We're walking through Central Park. We're having some nice conversation. We go. We sit on a hill somewhere. And the rest is history, right? It was just a dry hand job. It was nothing else. Listen, I was a virgin at the time. <laughs> but everyone has touched a dick in Central Park. Fucking everyone has. And if you haven't, do it. For the memories don't uh don't get caught though because that would be bad so you know maybe don't i'm not going to encourage you to touch a dick in central park but like everyone has (laughs) not to like pure pressure you or anything but like it's really weird that you haven't done that and you've lived in the arc for four years anyways (laughs) that's really what i'm working with here i think that there's probably a lot more um So we can add on to this list later. Maybe it can become like the 10 rites of passage. The world is limitless. (laughs) And that's sort of it for the first episode of Girl Under You. I am so excited, just keep this shit going. I have literally no problem talking for extended periods of time. It is the easiest thing for me to do. And you're gonna love it. You're gonna love me, baby. (laughs) All the episodes of this podcast that I'm releasing in season one are pre-recorded. I'm doing this just as a sort of a test. But for season two, all of them are going to be, you know, filmed within the same week that they go up. Um, But also for season one, I have a new guest host every single episode. So, you know, this might be the last time you're going to see me solo for quite a few episodes. Um, Next episode, I've got my friend Jordan Skinner on with me and we're talking about um dating apps and what turns us the fuck on and what you need to stop doing and it gets pretty steamy i've recorded that episode before this one so it's a pretty good episode (laughs) you guys are gonna like it i'm so happy that you made it this far in the episode yeah 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 maybe as this goes on i'll leave the super juicy shit for like 45 minutes in so that i never get in trouble for saying any wild shit because who the fuck is listening to me talk for that long so you'll just have to keep listening to find out if i totally expose you and how big your dick is (laughs) But none of you were ever gonna do that So you know what uh, I can say whatever I want I'm not to touch them on this fucking thing uh, You can find me at Maddie drawspec on most things And I will see you fucking next week Bitch like